Welcome to the Meal Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay S. Nixon from GetMealPlans.com. This is the 13th episode in season two, and we have so many great topics coming up today. We're going to talk about camping, which is something everyone's been requesting, and so I'm really excited to talk about camping today. And also bringing potatoes everywhere, because all you guys know I'm such an advocate of potatoes for everything, all times, everywhere, and converting your spouse, particularly if your spouse happens to be a guy, to be a little bit more plant proud. And I'm really, really excited for today's guest. I know I always say this, but um, Sarah has been a longtime friend. We've been email friends for a long time. And so I'm really glad I could convince her to be on the episode today as my co-pilot. So please join me in welcoming Sarah. Hi, <laughs> it's always fun to be on. Yes, I'm so, so excited. So, all right, first, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey? Yeah, definitely. I started around 2012, made a New Year's resolution to eat more vegetables, that my husband and I would eat more vegetables, and so I did a bunch of research on vegetarian cookbooks and, and whatnot, which had a lot of dairy and other things in them, but they at least had some more vegetables in them than what I had. Mm -hmm. um, and then it was actually my gym had, um, or where I was working out at the time, which I still do, um, they, for their trainers, I, I wasn't looking to be a trainer, but they recommended a China study for their trainers. Really? And also, yeah, and also at the same time, we're doing a screening of Forks Over Knives, because that was when Forks Over Knives was coming out or starting to come out. Um, and I, I couldn't go to the screening, but I figured if they were recommending it, I should find out what this is all about. So read the China study and saw Forks Over Knives and pretty much just was convinced that this was the way to go and that there was really no turning back. So I can't say that we've, I've been perfect since then, um, but that's been, you know, being plant-based or eating um, just whole foods and eliminating any animal products has been kind of the goal or been the philosophy ever since. So it's kind of nice to have that introduction from the gym and, and the gym does advocate, uh, it's monkey bar gym and they advocate uh, plant-based, a plant-based diet, which is cool. Which is amazing to hear because most gyms are like all paleo, 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 meat, 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 protein, 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 never mind that all plants have protein. But so that's really cool to hear that. Yeah, yeah. So it, and I figured, you know, when I saw the China study, that kind of opened the door to other books too of, you know, Preventing Reverse Heart Disease by Dr. Esselstyn and um, got me introduced to Dr. McDougall and I've read as much as I can from him um, and really kind of, you know, and from getting exposed to all of those kind of resources and whatnot and just searching things on the internet to try to find recipes is how I found Happy Herbivore and bought uh, some of the cookbooks and just really liked how easy it was and, you know, how they're all, you know, things I could make and just the style of the how you write recipes just really worked for me and I could kind of learn, learn that style and then when I you would get new cookbooks from you and all that, it was easy to kind of learn those new recipes as well. And so you're married. Yes. Was your husband like into this with you too, or did that come along later? Tell us about that. That came along. That was not instant. Um, you know, certainly he, when I said, well, need more vegetables, he was, you know, sure, that's, that's fine, you know. And, um, <laughs> and then when I said, well, we're not, we're not going to eat meat and dairy anymore. He's a little more resistant. And I, I, I still remember the, the day and, and, you know, he was like, well, you know, 
I, you know, I'll eat what you cook, but I'm not really interested in this. I'm like, okay, you know, it's fine. And and even one day, I remember him. We were in the car, and he turned to me and said, "You know, I could use alternative milk in my cereal because it doesn't really matter. You know, like I don't care." And I'm like, oh. mm-hmm. you know, like I've got him like slowly but surely. Um, and then it got to the point where I would say, "Well, if you want meat or cheese." you know, you'll need to pick it up from the store and cook it yourself. And I'd even say we'd have to be at the grocery store together and I'd say, well, do you want to pick up a pork chop or something, you know, and, and you can cook it and have it with our meal. And, and he'd say no, because I think he just was too, like, just didn't feel like cooking. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, but at restaurants, he'd still eat meat and dairy and, you know, order all the same things he always had. And that was fine with me. And I kind of left books laying around, you know, for him to kind of just have that exposure to. Um, oh, that's interesting. Mine. So you just kind of like scattered them about. That's, I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. There, especially the one of the folks, there's a companion book to the movie, if I remember correct. And that one was an easier one for him to like look at because it had some short stories and examples. Like, because the China studies that kind of can be a hard read. I mean, I love it, but it's 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 very dense and has a lot of information. And I think for him, like, he just needed little bits. Yeah, the China study is definitely very dense and technical. It's it's really great as an audiobook, actually. But yeah, it's usually not what I recommend for people who need bite sizes of info to start. Right, exactly. And and I found books that were nice to be, you know, kind of a nice, like, you know, watching the movie had a lot of the information in it. Um, you know, but at this point, he hadn't seen, you know, only I'd seen the movie, he hadn't seen the movie. And it was really funny. I remember one time he came home just really upset. He'd gone out to lunch with a friend. And he's like, I found myself looking at the vegetarian menu. I'm like, oh, like, oh yes, you know. I mean, he still had like a grilled cheese sandwich, which, you know, but it, he was, you know, found himself just naturally going that direction. I'm like, all right, you know, it's working. Yeah, it's working. So, and and then eventually, like, I think it was six months later that summer, he's like, let's just, you know, fine, I'm in, you know, like, we've been eating this way, and, and you know, he's got, he doesn't really have any, you know, neither of us have big health concerns, but he doesn't want to have one in the future. And I think that was a big motivation for him of preventing cancer or heart disease down the road. And I think he's not happy with how, how many, you know, times he needs to go to the bathroom because it's such a high fiber diet. But I <laughs> so I think that sometimes a little frustrating, you know, like I'm like, but it's good. You know, you need to go to the bathroom. You know, you don't want all that in you. And right. I, I you know, so you no, know, no colon problems for him. I think I always hear be. that from men and my dad will probably kill me for saying this on the podcast, but when he first went plant-based, he would call me, Lindsay, how many times a day can you go to the bathroom and still be healthy? I'm like, it's fine, dad. Just let it happen. <laughs> oh yeah. No, he was, you know, and I, I've, I've asked him a few times. I'm like, how much can I talk about you? And, um, He's he's said a few times he's like I don't know if I can go to the bathroom this much I'm like you know I, it's healthy you should yeah. you should go to the bathroom that's that's great <laughs> so, yeah um, but he's doing all right clean it out healthy. man clean it out you know it's the garbage disposal yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and so now at this point you know I mean gosh we've been doing this for you know over three years and he. You know, at home, he very much eats the meal plans. You know, he doesn't love everything, but he'll eat anything that I cook. And I, I try to 
geared towards the, the meals that are that I know he'll like or at least try. Um, and actually, when we go out to restaurants, he does order plant based. I mean, he may he may not always ask for oil free, or he may conveniently forget to have like the bacon removed. Um, <laughs> so but, convenient forgetting. <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, I'll take that and have him be ninety percent mm-hmm. eating this way is is a huge a, you know a huge improvement for his health. So I'm you know I'm not. If I started kind of picking at him, I think it would just push him away or make him not want to do it anymore. And that's a really good point is, like you said, if you picked at him, if you really got on his case, it would just push him away, which is why I'm such a fan of, you know, leading by example and kind of being compassionately quiet because it really does make a difference and you don't want to be nagged, you know, and men especially. And, and women, we get this horrible reputation for nagging. And what it is is we just care a whole lot. We're really concerned and we're really emotionally invested. Um but it's not always received with the kind of love that it's coming from, that place of love that it comes from. So I like that. And I like that you were sprinkling books around. That's a really great idea. Maybe maybe more people could try just like leaving little kernels of information around because it's not intrusive. It's not in the face. It's not lecturing. It's planting those seeds and watering them. I like that. Yeah, definitely. And he, and he did actually end up watching Pork Sermonize, I think, a year later. Oh, wow. Um, and like we watched it together and, and I think it kind of helped solidify it for him. Mm-hmm. Like, like to really kind of ground it. Um, cause after that point he was really like, he'd even talk, you know, talk to other people, you know, he'll say I'm vegan or I don't eat, you know, to other people that he's just, you know, just met. Um, I have fantasy. I think he was one of the fantasy football teams had like vegan in it. Um, which is pretty hilarious. So, you know, wow. I think he, yeah, I kind of grounded it for him and yeah, and having the information every once in a while, I'll have him watch a, a, a doctor, a nutrition fact or a Dr. Greger video if I think it's pertinent, but I try not to push too much, you know, just kind of, if I think it's really res- resonate for him, I'll tell him about it, but I don't, I certainly am reading and doing a lot more than he has. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point. And even if there's things I'm like, Oh, you might find this interesting. He's like, I'm already convinced I do the diet. Like I don't need to read about how great it is. Like I'm already, I'm in like, okay, cool. (laughs) Easy peasy. So yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So I've been, I've been pretty happy. I, I, I never expected we would both, you know, be so invested. So I'm, I'm happy that, that it has worked out so well. And listening to you tell sort of what happened with your husband reminded me so much of my own with Scott is that it was the same thing. Like I decided to be vegetarian and then vegan and then plant-based for my health and other reasons. And my husband was supportive of me. And so he was kind of like, well, you do your thing. I'll do mine. And so for a while, um, like you said, he would normally eat what was at the home just because he didn't want to make his own thing. It was the same thing. Well, if you want meat, you're going to have to make it and you can just add it to the meal. And, um, and a lot of members do that. Actually, they make the meal plan meals and then they, or their loved one adds meat, cheese, chicken, whatever to the meal. Um, but yeah, Mm -hmm. so I was like, so you'll have to do that. But then he got tired of cooking it or we were at the grocery store and he just didn't want to buy it. And then it was the same thing. My husband really loved cereal and I was like, well, gosh, we don't go through the whole thing of soy milk or the whole thing of dairy milk. Can you really not use the almond milk or the soy milk in your cereal? And he's like, yeah, that's true. I guess I could. And so it, 
slowly but surely it was like more and more it was phased. And then I remember one day he came home and told me he'd been vegetarian for 30 days. And I truly, when I say I fell out of the chair, I did because I was so surprised. But I, I was so happy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I just think the not pushing, because at while it was just like you, where he ordered whatever at restaurants, but he kept plant-based at home. And then I, I stopped seeing him when he was doing at restaurants because he was going out with his guy friends. I don't know what he was doing. But, yeah, it was a nice surprise. I'm very happy, too. Yeah, and I've been very happy as well. And, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know that I could have first seen this, you know, from years ago, but I think it's the, you know, the not pushing and then, you know, for both of us really, you know, kind of taking it, you know, month by month and, you know, by meal and slowly, you know, and not making anything weird. And, and, and I think it's funny because I've heard, you know, I've listened to so many podcasts and movies and read books and all this. And I know a lot of people used fake meat and fake cheeses to help transition mm-hmm. themselves and maybe husbands or other more meat loving, um, spouses or, or friends or family or whatever. And we actually didn't do that as much because like meat alternatives and cheese alternatives don't, in our opinion, do it didn't taste very good. Like we just didn't like them very much. And so he was always like, don't, you know, don't buy the fake cheese. Cause I'd be like, do you want the fake cheese? Like I could, you know? And he's like, I don't ha- like how it tastes. He's like, if I want to eat cheese, I'm going to eat cheese. You mm-hmm. know, like I'm not going to, and because all the fake stuff is not healthy either. I mean, it's got its place, but it's yeah, not it tends to be very processful. Lots of oil, lots of sugar, lots of salt. It's only marginally healthier, really. Oh yeah, yeah. So we we really didn't do that very much, and we just more focused on foods that we would eat normally, like in the past, but like like things that we would eat alongside meat. Mm-hmm. And now we just leave the cheese off of it and have like not meat on the plate. And and it was funny because it took a while for us to not view a pile of rice as a side. Like, you can right. eat, like, two cups of rice or, like, a whole potato or two potatoes for dinner because that is dinner. Like, that's the bulk of your calories and your substance that you can, like, that's not a side dish. That's, like, that's the dish. <laughs> I love that you said that because I think that's something a lot of people struggle with is that you're used to seeing something as, like, a side and you have to see that it's your meal. And that's actually, ironically, the advice my husband always gives is he says, stop looking for meat on your plate. Like the side dish is the meal. There's more of it. And it's, you have to like change your brain and your expectations and what you've known to be a meal is, okay, a meal of rice and vegetables is a meal. And so I'm amazed that you also had that same experience. Yeah. And it, and it definitely took a while to eat more for, you know, like, eat more of the rice and, you know, not eat, you know, and have the veggies too, you know, but have, you know, a giant potato with a bunch of stuff on top or a huge bowl of chili or soup is, is dinner and you don't need that other, that other stuff, you know, as long as you eat more of it. Um, but it took a while. Like we would joke at the table, like this is, this is side food, but now it's like the, the food. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It is but, true. And that sometimes what ends up happening is at restaurants, I'm ordering my meal from the side dish menu. I'm getting like the eight side dishes. <laughs> so it's so funny, but that is ends up being my meal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the time. And the portions yeah, thing, too, like you said, you have to realize, OK, this isn't a side dish. So I do need to eat more than half a cup of rice. <laughs> the rice is my meal. 
Right, right. Yeah. And you have to eat, you know, more of yeah, other stuff and you know, you can have two kinds of starches. You can, you know, have potatoes with rice and you know, it's it's exciting <laughs> and fun. Love me some carb on carb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. One so. thing I really found interesting and I enjoyed your honesty was that you said, you know, you know a lot of people use the alternatives, the you know, mock meats or the, you know, soy cheeses or whichever like that. And when I transitioned to a plant-based diet, there really wasn't any. There there were like a few things here or there, but there just really wasn't much outside of, say, soy milk. They're just, they, they didn't exist. Not like now where you go to the grocery store and there's a bunch, go to a health food store and there's a whole aisle. There's so many, you have analysis paralysis. You're like, what's going on? Um, you yeah. know, the paradox of choice happens. But so we didn't have that, my husband and I. There, there really weren't cheese substitutes and mock meats available to us. And I, ha- I have wondered if we would have used them and if we would have used them if we would have liked them. Because when my parents transitioned, it was many years after us. And there still wasn't as much as there was today. But there was a lot more. And my dad took the exact same approach. Like, I know it's not going to be the same. So I just don't even want to bother. So it, it's always interesting to hear that with people. Because I know it definitely helps some people. And then other people, they're taking the approach where, no, I'm just not even going to bother. Or... There's like my husband and I now, it's been 10 years. We don't even remember what a meatball tastes like anymore. So once in a while, we're like, yeah, sure, let's try a vegan meatball. Right, right. And there's so many now things that we can make, like, and, and make a whole food plant-based version of it. You know, like your the quick burgers, or I've made bean balls as like appetizers at the holidays, mm-hmm. or put it on pasta, and it's like, it's kind of like that alternative thing or like, you know, or I said, I guess I said veggie verse, but yeah, where you can have it and put all the condiments on it. But then, you know, it, it is not trying to taste like meat, right? but it's just acting, you know, in a way that, you know, meat would have been there. And we've, we've liked that a lot, um, you know, and had that as kind of, you know, not a replacer and made like tempeh bacon or Satan, Satan, you know, kind of smoky flavors of that. And I really liked it. I mean, but we both acknowledge that this tastes nothing like bacon, but it still tastes good. And it kind of like fills that kind of, you know, when you're making a, a steak egg sandwich on the weekend and you throw some, you know, smoky tempeh on it, it's kind of, it's good. And it's got that smoky saltiness to it. That's really all you got or wanted out of the bacon anyway. Yeah, that's a really good point. I see that a lot in the forums and in the group as well, where people will say, I, I've realized when deal- when serving meal mentor food to my omnivore family, I don't say it's like cheese pizza or bacon or whatever. I just say it's, oh, it's smoky tempa on top of this, or it's, you know, a yummy sauce on top of this, instead of trying to, you know, they rename it basically. And then it goes over well. And I actually just had that exact same experience as I had a whole bunch of omnivores coming over and I was serving the cheese ball from Happy Herbivore Holidays and Gatherings. And I'm like, "Mm, do I call it a cheese ball? Even though obviously it doesn't have cheese. And so I ended up just saying it was a smoked hummus. They loved it. (laughs) Oh, nice. I didn't even try to sell it as cheese. I was just like, and they loved it. They all wanted the recipe to go home with them. And then they're like, wait, but in your book, it says cheese ball. I'm like, yeah, but I knew if we called it a cheese ball, you guys would compare it to those cheese balls they sell at Christmas at the grocery store. And like, just would have been this whole big vegan thing. It was vegan. And so I just wanted to bypass all together. Now you guys like it. Call it whatever you like. Oh, yeah. No, that's. 
and I've made that that cheese ball a lot of times, and it's it's gone over always gone over very very well. And the the deviled egg potatoes and mm. um, those always go over well. And the cauliflower wings. I've mean, yep. had so many people who want the recipe and want to make cauliflower wings at home because they're not because they don't eat chicken, but because they want a healthy alternative and it tastes really good. Right. You know? And it's not pretending to be chicken. What it is like and the call, I'm so glad you brought the cauliflower wings is I've realized a lot of times, especially with meat products, it wasn't really the meat that I wanted. It was the sauce and the whole kind of experience going along with it. And that's the whole thing with the cauliflower wings. It doesn't taste anything like chicken. It doesn't even pretend to taste like chicken, but it gives you that no. wing experience with all the sauce that you love just in a much healthier fashion. Yeah, and I and I don't know um, if I got it learned it from you or from Engine Two or other groups that I've been a part of over the years of um, making like hot dog or brat or like burger potatoes. Oh yeah, you, I do potato you know, dogs. Yeah, mm-hmm. just yeah, put your toppings yeah, on a potato. Bacon, you know, the kind of yes. No, that's so that's true. Which actually is a really great segue into our next topic, which was about potatoes. So I guess circling back is, yeah, if there's something you like, and you said this with the burgers, um, I'm the same way. I would prefer to make the bean burger myself because it it doesn't taste anything like beef. That's true, but it's a million times healthier. It's cheaper. I can make it. And really, when I want a burger, I usually just want to put the combination of ketchup, mustard, and pickles in my mouth with some bread. So it's just really the apparatus that gets it there. But on that note, um, with a potato, you can put any toppings on a potato. You can make a pizza potato, a hot dog potato. We actually had those for dinner this week. We put sauerkraut, mustard, and all kinds of stuff you normally put on a hot dog on a potato. It's delicious. Oh, yeah. I have done that so many times of, you know, especially like when we're, you know, out somewhere or people are grilling or whatever. And I'm, yeah, and I'm just like, all the condiments are there, you know, and those are get used by everybody. And so I'll bring uh, like an already baked potato and either like cut it long, the long way or or just put it whole, depending on how big it is, um, and just grill it and or heat it up somehow. But yeah, sauerkraut, mustard, ketchup, pickle relish, barbecue sauce. I mean, there's really nothing you can't, you know, I've done the pizza potatoes mm-hmm. uh, quite a few times too. I mean, there's really nothing you can't put on a potato and that would be amazing. And I love that. And like, again, great segue. You brought the potato to the barbecue. Oh, yeah. I've bought potatoes everywhere. I mean, the joke is, is that I'm like a potato girl, that there's always going to be a potato in my purse. And there usually is. I've bought potatoes to, I think, some of the ones that are more memorable, not so much for me, but other people. Um, I brought them to a bachelorette party and ate them at a bachelorette party. I bought bought them to more than one wedding. Wait, let's just back this up. You brought potatoes to a bachelorette party. Yeah, yeah. You were awesome. Yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was an all-day bachelorette party, and we kind of, like, started at, like, 10 in the morning. And we ended up at this called the – it's a, a kind of an outdoor terrace where you can eat and drink, and, and everyone's hanging out. And people – it was, like, lunchtime, and people were, like, getting food from carts and from inside. And, you know, they have condiments because they sell grilled foods. So I just got a bunch of ketchup mustard, busted my potatoes out of my pocket, and just started eating them while everyone was eating their Boston hot dogs. And I'm like, I'm, I'm good. And everyone was just like, is that a potato? I'm like, yeah, it's a potato. Great. <laughs> I get that reaction all the time, too. So where else have you taken potatoes? Yeah, and I'm, I, I like to bring them to events where I'm not sure if I'm going to have 
something that I would want to eat um, besides like a salad. So like, like I said, weddings or other parties, um, restaurants, like I won't, I, I depending on the restaurant, I won't necessarily bring it out while we're eating, but maybe like eat it on the way there, on the way home. If I was only able to get like a green salad for dinner. And I also bring potatoes along. I do a lot of endurance events like skiing and biking, and they're really perfect for, you know, instead of like a goo or a shot block from a lot, you know, from major brands that do kind of these energy foods. Um, so I, you know, I have a lot of pictures of me of like you know, keeping in my bike pocket or my ski pocket um, and eating potatoes as I bike or ski, which is really, it's been pretty great. It works well. I take potatoes when I snowboard, um, as long as I don't fall on them, because then I get mashed potatoes. But um, I always put them when I go snowboarding, and people are always staring, especially at the lodges. But one thing I found is the added bonus is they're like little warmers. (laughs) Oh, yeah. They keep me even more warm when I'm snowboarding. And so I love it. Oh, yeah. And and. I've, you know, yeah, have them warm and sometimes for skiing or, you know, like for your snowboarding, they, depending on how tucked away or how long I have them, they, they can cool down a bit, but usually they don't, they don't freeze or, you know, they usually stay edible. And same thing with is biking. Although I have fun, I try doing, I really love sweet potatoes quite a bit and I tried that, but they end up just being really mushy. So yeah. those are not a good option uh, as much as like a red potato or a golden potato work work a lot better. Yeah, Um, I usually take the red ones or brown. Sweet potatoes usually get too mushy on me. I'm trying to think. Yeah. And like you, they, I've never had them freeze on me. They usually do stay warm, especially if I take care to like wrap them in foil or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm pretty lazy and usually just stick it straight in my pocket. Although after the mashed potato incident, I started putting them in a bag. Oof. Yeah, I put them in a bag. Yeah, I like put them in a little bag now because I'm like, let's not mash potatoes in my pocket again. <laughs> um, but yeah. the great thing is, is like with the ski lodges, you know, I, I make use of all their condiments that are uh, free. Um, and I, I was just on a, a trip and I watched all of my friends spend like 20 and $30 at lunch because the prices are like Disney or concert. They're so expensive. And I was like, hm, my lunch was free. Well, I mean, plus whatever quarter, I guess this potato cost me at some point. I didn't pay anything. Right. Um, and I had all these free condiments to try. Yay. But, um, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, and the goo thing, yeah. you mentioned the goo. So when I ran marathons, I tried to use those goos and those shots at everyone's head, and they did not sit well with me. I always felt really sick. They really bothered my stomach. And in some circles, they call it like gut rot. But I just could never digest them, no matter who made them, how clean or vegan or healthy they were marketed. They always bothered me. But then I found potatoes, and in the summer, I would sometimes run with dates. And it changed, oh. it changed me. I, it was perfect. And it was the perfect kind of carbohydrate replenishment. It was light on my stomach, but yeah, all those shots and goose things always didn't, didn't work for me, but now I have potatoes or sometimes dates. Yeah. I never thought of the dates. So I'll have to try that if I, you know, need like a quicker or smaller yeah. uh, thing. Yeah. If you need, um, it yeah, quick, and if you need to carry a lot, you know, like you're on a hundred mile bike ride, dates just might be a better choice. Right. Yeah. And actually, it's funny that mentioned that I went on a my first hundred mile bike ride this past fall with my dad, and 
I mean, I brought a couple potatoes with me, but at a certain point, you have to, like, eat more. Like, right. Like, <laughs> you just can't sustain, and you can't, you only bring so much for that. And it was a supported ride, um, you know, and I could get granola bars. I mean, they weren't as clean as I would like them to be, but they had apple. It was the fall, and it was, you know, apples in Wisconsin are, you know, we're very, we've got a lot of apple orchards. And so they had apples at every stop. So I ended up eating, I think, like five or six or seven apples throughout the day. Wow. So I would just eat one every time, and I would, like, grab an extra one to bring with me. So it actually, I mean, it worked out really well that I just could eat apples at every stop. And, you know, because otherwise they'd have donut holes or other stuff that I just knew would, like you said, with the goo, would make my stomach hurt, you know, and I knew that I could eat a million apples and be fine. It's That's a good idea, too. Stuff. I didn't think about carrying an apple. Although, I, when I was hiking all this fall, this past fall, we were doing, like, 10-hour hikes. I did carry apples with me a lot. Yeah, and they taste good. And they're, they're, you yeah, know, they're they're yummy. You don't need a whole lot of water to get them down. They are actually, they yeah. do have water, so they're hydrating. And if you yeah. need to throw it to the side of the road, which, of course, we don't encourage that, but should that ever happen, to happen at least you know it'll biodegrade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm a huge apple fan in the fall. And anyways, it's just And you guys convenient. have such and good apples there. Mm. Yeah, we have really good apples. For sure. And they're more convenient. Oranges are hard. I don't even like eating oranges at work because you have to like peel them and then my yeah. hands get all sticky. I mean, they're good. I, I mean, I, I eat oranges. Don't get me wrong. But apples just seem to be less messy. Yeah, apples. And same thing. I like bananas, but it's the same thing. It's just, it's not as much as the orange, but it's still like, let me peel it. Apple, I can just stick it in my mouth and go. I don't need to do anything else. There's no wrapping it, no peeling it. I just, in the mouth. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Chew, 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 more in my mouth. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm, and I think I've I've also, I've got potatoes to football games, potato traits, and probably Really anywhere that I've got a purse, I've or even some a pocket, I'm not shy <laughs> about having them along. And I, I batch bake them at the beginning of the week. Every week I batch bake like five or ten pounds of potatoes, even if they're not in the meal plan meal, just to have as emergency, like as breakfast or as like a snack or anything else. If I know we're going to dinner and I don't know where, I can always have them along in the site. And they're so cheap that if I don't, mm-hmm. if I, like, I get there and they've got rice and other things I can eat and I don't eat my potatoes, it's, you know, usually I can stick them back in the fridge, but even if I can't, it's not, I haven't Yeah, like, you don't feel bad about wasted. it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of nice in that respect as well. Yeah, I fly with them and it's not even uncommon for me when I'm flying, not just to take the potatoes so that I can eat them on the plane, but I'll take them uncooked and then cook them in a microwave wherever I'm getting. Because a lot of times when I'm going to these conferences, they're they're business conferences. And so, you know, they don't, it's not a plant-based conference. And so I have no idea Mm -hmm. if they're going to be able to feed me. And a lot of times the best I can hope for is like some bread rolls and some salad, which is not nearly enough. But I'll have my potatoes, like I'll take a bag of them in my suitcase. And then I'm just like, where's a microwave? And I'll just microwave some potatoes on demand. I mean, they really do. I'm not shy either. I'll pull them out of my purse. I don't, I don't care. My husband actually jokes. He wishes like it was more socially acceptable for a men, for men to have them. He does sometimes put them in his laptop bag, but he's like, it's not the same. I'm not like walking around with this big purse that I can stick all these right. potatoes in. So then I end up carrying potatoes for two. 
Yeah, my husband doesn't. He likes potatoes. I think I, you know, I could eat a cold potato any any day, any time. Me too. Um, him less so. I mean, he he, does, he like he doesn't mind it. I mean, I guess I've never really asked him if he likes it or not, but he does. He's not as much a go to for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but there have been times where he's like, "Oh, you, can I have one of those?" I'm like, ah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I've got a lot, you know, like. Here you go, and you know, which totally, you know, like, wow, you must be hungry. <laughs> yeah, you must be hungry. My husband started carrying two things. There's these little discs. They look like little saucers, and they have rice and quinoa in them. And the quinoa ones are already cooked, so you just rip the top off, and you can eat the quinoa. And the rice ones oh, okay. need to be microwaved for like 90 seconds, and they don't need to be refrigerated. So he ke- and they're very light. So he keeps these often in his like laptop bag or his car is his option because my husband's not as into potatoes as you and I are either. But we've actually found that even though it says you need to cook the rice, in a worst case scenario, if you eat it, it's it's not. It's just kind of a little al dente. It's not a big deal. So that might be something for your husband to try. Yeah, definitely. I also look for those. Um, and we take those in our suitcase too. When when we go like on long trips abroad, we take a lot of them. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I've been uh, brainstorming for a, a trip in March of, you know, where I can probably, I'll bring my potato packet thing for the microwave and then maybe just pick up potatoes at a grocery store once I get there to have, like, for microwaving one at a time since I won't be able to, it'll be hard, like, I won't have fridge room there to bring a bunch. Yeah, and they, like I said, these don't need refrigeration and so it's really nice. And there's actually been a lot of companies coming out with hummus now that's in small, like, purse size packs and they don't need refrigeration either which is a game changer for me because like you said when you sometimes go to a place where you don't know what you're going to be able to eat and you get only stuck with a salad like you could pull your little hummus thing out of your purse and squeeze it on your salad at the table if you needed to and then it you know spruces up the salad a little bit so those are really neat too um katie actually sent me some and they mm, i'm so excited to try them oh nice yeah those i have not seen yet so i'll have to take a look for those um, but yeah, in yeah, most yeah. places you can get a baked potato. Most restaurants will have a baked potato option too, um, should you not have one yourself. But I take them everywhere. Sometimes people yeah. look at you, sometimes they don't. But it's nice to know you have that nourishing food. And I, were, I don't know, ever since that Martian movie came out, I feel like people are less judgy when you're eating a potato as a meal. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and, and it's, you know, I've, my friend group and Coworkers, like it's everyone's gotten really just used to it at this point. Like, you know, so like it's not surprising to anyone any longer that I would like have a potato or they'd like the question now is where are your potatoes? Or, you know, you didn't bring potatoes, like what's are you okay? I'm like, Yeah, there's food on the menu I could eat. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's actually it's you know, I mean obviously if I'm out with people I don't know as well or in a new situation or on vacation a little different but yeah everyone I'm around has gotten so used to me you know de- you know declining food at meetings or you know doing other things because I know I that I'd rather bring my own and why I have not waste money on providing me a lunch that I'm not going to eat um mm-hmm. and then you know it still works out well and I could do that with meal plan meals or potatoes like 
either one works in those situations. Yeah, and I love that you make a big batch once a week. I do the same thing at the start of the week. I always make a big batch. And I'm amazed at how often they come in handy, whether I just want to round out one of the meals because I'm feeling really hungry or I just think it needs something else. Or so many times something will come up, like I'll get a last minute invitation or someone will want to have a quick meeting and I have to run out the door. And so I'm like, let me see what's in the fridge. Ooh, let me grab two potatoes to take with me because like you, I have no idea what situation I'm going to be in, but now I know I have a backup. Oh, absolutely. And I've started doing um, sweet potatoes with pineapple for breakfast here and there. And, and with a little bit of cinnamon, and that's and, mm. and if I'm really feeling fancy, some flavored balsamic vinegar, and that's been really good. Um, oh, I think you just cinnamon. created a new meal plan breakfast. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's delicious. I'm not we'll gonna call lie. It Sarah's like, potato. Yeah, sweet potato, pineapple, and and right now I think pineapple. I always go by the price of pineapple when it's in season wherever it's grown, and so pineapple's been really good lately and so it's just and I, I usually warm it up a little bit but mm-hmm. I think it gets cold too but oh man that's I can eat that just about every day now the other thing I wanted to talk about was camping because you're really into camping yeah. um do you t- first question do you take potatoes camping and if so tell us about that and if not what else do you eat <laughs> yeah I do take potatoes camping um because oftentimes like we were talking about earlier other people will be grilling burgers or lots of hot dogs, and so condiments are already there, or, you know, we're all bringing them to share, and I usually still bring them baked, because most of the camping we do um, is what, you, you know, you call car camping, um, where you have a cooler with ice, so I can bring baked potatoes and keep them in a cooler, I may just have to be very careful about how many I bring, so it's not taking up the whole cooler, because <laughs> um, I don't think my husband would like that, um, and because we've tried putting raw potatoes in the uh, fire, and it just doesn't it just doesn't work. They just that don't was bake. my question. Because I've tried to cook a potato in the fire so many times, and even like twelve hours, I felt like it was still hard. So okay, yeah. it's not user no. error. It's just difficult. No, me. no, it just doesn't work. And thankfully, the, when we did that, I wasn't like I had other food. It wasn't. It was okay <laughs> if it was gone to waste. Um. But yeah, so we bring a lot of different things, and it's a lot of stuff that we normally would always do in the past, but now we just do a whole food version of it. So we've done like a coconut yogurt or almond milk yogurt um, and granola um, and like blueberries for breakfast um, because it's pretty simple and it doesn't need too much effort to do. So we've done that for breakfasts. If I'm feeling fancy, we... Oftentimes when we cook or, or camp, we have um, a camp stove, and so you can bring like a pan and cook really pretty much like as if you're cooking on a stove, yeah, a stove top at home. So I have been known to like, I think we've made grits once or twice, and sometimes I'll go even fancy with making like some sort of like fake egg sandwich thing. Wow. It's a little more effort. <laughs> Yeah, we and then we just try to be simple, like hummus sandwiches, wash and do, and you can, you know, do, you can, buy, you know, either make veggie burgers or, and then we'll put, like, um, foil on, on the grate over the fire so that, because sometimes the burgers we make from home can fall apart, like, a little more fall apart than um, maybe a store-bought processed one, so we'll put down some tin foil 
Um, but we do a lot of like potato packets too, oh. which are kind of fun. And because we mostly camp with other people who don't eat the same way, way that we do. And so everyone can make their own and we'll, where we'll put in like, so it'll be like cut up already baked potatoes or actually at that point you can use raw potatoes because you're slicing them. Oh yeah. So you can, yeah. So slicing potatoes really thin. I mean, you have to have a cutting board and a knife to be able to do it, but cutting that, cutting up peppers, cutting up onions, and then put them in a foil or tin foil and then like pack it up and that you can bake in the fire on next to it. And if you have omnivores that you're eating with, they can put in like bits of meat or other things into theirs um, or cheese or whatever they want. So that way everyone's kind of eating the same food, but yet not. So that really is really like. And that's nice too, because there's absolutely no risk of cross-contamination either because everybody's food is in their own individual foil pack. Exactly. And it takes up less room in your cooler because since you can do raw potatoes and raw peppers um, and onions that don't need to be refrigerated. Right. Yeah. Right. And since you're slicing them so thin, you know, and you have to have the ability to, to, to do that water camping, it works really, you know, well. I mean, obviously the omnivores are doing meat and dairy, they'll need, but, you know, that's their cooler. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. That's their problem. Um, their cooler. Yeah. Exactly. We've also done, and I don't I think this is a, I don't know if it's a Midwestern thing or I think it's a regional thing, but pudgy pies or like a sandwich. Oh, like I think they call them or... hobo pies in other areas, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So like iron pie thing. Yeah. And we'll do that as well with when we camp a lot because we can do pizza ones. So you just, you buy bread, and you buy bread that's compliant and all that. And then to bring pizza sauce and then, you know, again, we're often with people who eat meat and cheese and they can bring pepperoni and cheese and then we'll just bring peppers and mushrooms and and then you just grill them in the fire and it works really well. That's awesome. I love the idea yeah. of a pizza one too. And I know people yeah. do them with um, like dessert versions too with like chocolate and bananas, for example, or peanut butter or something oh, like that yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. And we've done um, Sloppy Joe ones where we'll make um, a lentil Sloppy Joe. And so we'll make that ahead of time and then just bring it in like a Ziploc or a Tupperware. Um, and then you put that in there and with a little bit of nutritional yeast. Mm. And butter, now I want to go camping. Mm, yummy. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, little things like that. Because then, again, it's it's nice to be eating like similar, same, you know, genre of foods as your family and friends. But yet... Like you said, it's not cross-contaminated, and you're you're still eating food that you want to eat, but everyone's, you know, you're still kind of eating the same-ish. But there's stuff. also, like you said, a lot of crossover because maybe you're sharing the pineapple, not the pineapple, but like the onions or the peppers or something, so it, it is still similar. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And so you could even, you know, you know still kind of save money because you're like, okay, well, we're buying this half, we're buying this half. You know, it's, it, like you said, you're really kind of getting that community group aspect feeling. Right, absolutely, and a lot of times, you know, like like we talked about earlier, how this, especially when we first started, that what we ate felt like we're eating side dishes. So a lot of times, you know, we are we're eating quote unquote side dishes. So we'll just eat more of it, and everyone else will maybe just eat some of it and eat something else with whatever we're eating. So it's not, you know, it's not like we're, you know, when I always feel like we're, I'm not, I don't eat weird food. I'm just eating. I'm not eating things. Right. Yeah. That's, and that's a really important thing. I'm not eating weird foods. I'm just not eating everything that someone else is. Right. Exactly. So we, I think I mentioned earlier, like grilling, if other people are grilling 
meat stuff or grilled potatoes or veggie burgers, you know, or have like pretzels with stuff instead of chips, depending on, you know, if you eat, you know, so not everyone eats pretzels, but sometimes we will if they're oil-free. I like hummus. Like I, I make a lot of my own hummus. I think hummus is a food group. In it is a food group. <laughs> so it's so I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> and and you know we make a ton of different flavors. So actually, I mean, I get requests to bring hummus. Oh, that's um, awesome. Like it. And like you said, with sharing responsibilities for camping, if you're going with family and friends, it is nice because like everyone eats cut up carrots. Everyone eats grapes. Everyone eats you know, celery and other things like that. So it's like, you know, like I'll bring the carrots and you bring the blueberries. Right. And, you know, we can all, you know, and if you have regular yogurt, we'll have, you know, the coconut milk yogurt and we can all have, you know, parfaits for breakfast. And it just that I'm eating a different type of yogurt that is not that big of a deal. So it's, it's kind of nice, you know, it's been a, a somewhat smooth transition for us just to have to think about things in a little different way. Really? And yeah, and like, and once you've done it once, it's like, oh, I'm I'm set from now on. Right, exactly. It's not, you're not constantly reinventing the wheel. You're like, the first time you go camping, maybe you have to think about things different. Maybe you screw something up somewhere, but then you're set for every camping trip thereafter because you know, you know what you know what to do. Right. And speaking of camping, this is actually, so many members are big camping fans. And so um, in the Meal Mentor forums, I think there's like 20 threads dedicated to camping and I know Sarah chimes in a lot there so there's definitely more information for you there should you need a little bit more than what we've said today but yeah actually camping is one of those things that um with my friends I've noticed that if I say you know um can I bring the coconut yogurt or whatever then they don't even bother to bring the dairy yogurt which is great because then it gives them they try it and a few times oh, they've yeah. even gone home and been like, I liked your yogurt so much more. I don't even buy the Greek one anymore. I buy the vegan one. And I'm like, yes, because <laughs> they're like, well, let's just oh, yeah. save space and money. Why should we buy two? We'll just do the vegan one. And then they like it because they tried it. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, we've I've, I've been so happy so many times when everyone in our group just happens to be eating vegan or and or, you know, whole foods plant based because because we do, and it's easier for everyone to eat what we eat mm-hmm. than the other way around. And so, yeah, oftentimes, like, we end up having a lot of meatless meals, which is pretty, you know, and I, I'm, you know, in my head, I'm like, yes. Yeah, <laughs> right. Meatless yes, and you don't know it. <laughs> so it works, it works well. Um, and then, I mean, of course, you know, people bring their own, you know, their own stuff, but, um, yeah, and, and I'm sure, you know, really with a camping stove, you can do just about anything. Oh, yeah. I mean, I lived out of an RV for two weeks, and I basically only had a camping stove, and I cooked some pretty fancy stuff. Yeah, I mean, really, your only limitation is that, you know, your cooler is probably only so big, and, mm-hmm. you know, with ice and everything, like, you have to be a little strategic as to what you bring, but really there aren't, you know, you can eat just about everything and just bringing exactly the right amount of food so that you don't have, you know, too much or too little, um, just for sheer having to carry it. Um, right. But really most anything. And, and, you know, it's a lot of planning ahead. True. You, you know, I feel like and I make a lot of things ahead. ahead. Even if you're an omnivore, I feel like I still was planning like crazy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you still had to like, you know, if, you know, I make lentil sloppy joes, but if I made ground beef sloppy joes, I'd still make those ahead of time. Right. It's not really any different. And now know? that I'm thinking about it, like in college, for example, I feel like every time I did go camping, I was vegetarian, even though I wasn't vegetarian at the time, because I was like, gosh, 
this is, I'm too scared of getting like salmonella or something. So I would be like, well, I'm just going to love a peanut butter and jelly sandwich because it's easy and cheap and it doesn't need any special, you know, needs with like refrigeration. And so it's like, it's almost like being plant-based makes camping easier in that respect. Oh, oh, absolutely. And yeah, peanut butter and jelly, like that would be something we would camp with and not everyone needs to bring that, you know. Mm-hmm. Or peanut butter and banana, whatever combination. I love tomato sandwiches, which is my go-to food when I camp. And again, I don't need to refrigerate the tomato and I don't oh, yeah. need to refrigerate bread. Everyone can eat it. Well, maybe not someone who's gluten-free, but yeah, it's totally. It's right. Yeah. So we, we end up, you know, doing that quite a, quite a bit. And every, you know, the, the folks, the family that we camp with, you know, we've been camping with, you know, for quite some time and you know, everyone, you know, everyone's aware and cognizant and, you know, getting better all the time about checking labels and being, you know, knowing what we do and don't eat and, you know, camping with my parents, which I, I would, you know, talk about my parents in a whole other um, podcast available, <laughs> yes. um, but they're plant-based as well. So, you know, camping with them is super easy because we're all eating the same thing. So, you know, we can plan meals with them real, real easily. Awesome. Well, it has been so fun having you on and thank you for so many wonderful tips. I know everyone who's interested in camping is going to take a lot away, but also hopefully you've really inspired everyone to start carrying potatoes in their purse. Seriously, guys, carry potatoes. They're amazing. I eat them at the movie theater. It's totally okay. And it's a dark room. Oh, yeah. Um, so no one will see you except the person to your right and left, which is hopefully a friend. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, so thank you again, Sarah. And if you want to learn more, you can visit getmealplans.com. Of course, Sarah is an extremely active, active member. She's awesome like that. So you will be interacting with her, of course, in the forums and group. But again, Sarah, thanks so much for coming on today. And really, you gave us so many great tips. This this is this is a great podcast. Thank you. I'm so glad I could convince you to come on. Oh, thank you so much. This was super fun. I loved it. All right. um, And so that's it. Uh, Next week, we'll be back again and more fun times, more co-pilots. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a review. I know I appreciate it. All my co-pilots like Sarah do too. Have a great night, everyone.